In April 2020, when my son-in-law and pregnant daughter refugeed to our house from Brooklyn, New York, due to the pandemic, I became a homebody. I usually get out a lot during spring migration, but it was fun to be so rooted to home for a few years. I started making sound recordings of my backyard birds, a practice I continued a bit last year. But this year, I posted just one recording. I was gone too much and babysitting when I was in town. But I have been sitting out on my front porch early every morning, drinking my coffee and puzzling through the day's wordle. And based on that, this year was much quieter than the three previous years, at least as far as birdsong goes. High winds are noisy, making birdsong hard to hear, not just for us humans, but also for the birds themselves. And with the exceptionally windy early spring, my robins did not bother singing much until the winds finally died down. The drought has been very hard on them. Robin nests require mud, both to make them sturdy and to help them adhere to the substrate. This year, mud was an extremely short supply exactly when robins were most hormonally primed to need it. In June, just on my corner of Peabody Street, people found two different robin nests on the ground beneath conifers, the kind of trees robins use for their first nest of the year. The grasses and other fibers in the nest were exactly right, but without mud, the nests were flimsy and apparently didn't stick to the branches. I have as many adult robins as usual this year, but as of July 11th, I've seen just one fledgling. House runs seem to arrive late, possibly due to the strong headwinds that also blew smoke our way from Canadian wildfires far to the north. Fortunately, the wrens nesting in my neighbor Jean's yard seem to be doing well now. I've been plagued with starlings this year, and when Russ or I notice them at the suet feeder, we scare them off. For a while, just knocking on the window was enough. When they started ignoring that, we started opening the window and waving our arms. That worked for a while, too, but we finally had to resort to the nuclear option, pulling out our kids' old super soaker high-powered squirt gun and aiming it right at them if they didn't fly off when we opened the window. Tragically, the super soaker gave out, so Russ now runs our hose from the basement laundry sink up to the kitchen window. Meanwhile, our downy and hairy woodpeckers seemed to figure out instantly that we would never banish them, so whether we're knocking on or opening the window or sticking the hose out, they stick around even as the starlings flee. Right now, the downies are feeding fledglings. Last week, my neighbor Jean found a flicker nest down the block, and I got some photos and a video of the young begging and getting fed. Now they fledged. The chicks usually stay hidden in a tree, but a couple of times I've seen a parent feeding one and showing it how to find ants on the ground. When chickadees come to the feeder, it's easy to tell which are parents because they look pathetically bedraggled, while the babies chasing them and begging for food are as pretty as chickadees get. The fledglings are old enough now that their tail feathers are full length and their yellow gape is no longer evident. They'll be indistinguishable from their parents as soon as the adults molt into their fresh new feathers. 
I set out some bird baths a few days ago. So far, the only birds I've noticed at them are chickadees, robins, and blue jays, but I expect the activity to rise as the month progresses and the first warblers start heading south. In mid and late summer through early fall, bird baths are a far more effective bird magnet than feeders. I often see my first migrating warblers when our cherries ripen and a few are starting to turn red. Some warblers, like Tennessee's and Cape May's, eat the fruit itself, as do orioles and tanagers, but most feed on the insects gravitating to partially eaten fruits and dripping cherry juice. Hummingbird migration will be starting soon, too. Even as birdsong dwindles as summer progresses, more and more backyard delights will be arriving. Birdwatching is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, but it's certain to be sweet. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.